You're listening to Once, episode 58, The Crocodile. Welcome back to another episode of Once Podcast, the podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Jenny. We are so excited to be talking about this episode, The Crocodile. It is now the fourth episode in this season of Once Upon a Time. And really cool, really neat how they are mixing in these stories. And Jenny pointed out in our initial reactions, which were episode 57, Jenny pointed out how, once again, for the, what did you say, the fourth time? Jenny, that they're using Rumpelstiltskin, fourth or fifth in in a uh, fairy tale, like to replace something in mm-hmm. a fairy tale, mm-hmm. or like that he's played a major character in a traditional fairy tale, including his own, of course, about Rumpelstiltskin. So everyone, check us out on the website over at oncepodcast.com. You can follow our Twitters over there and connect with us on uh, LinkedIn. I mean, not LinkedIn on Facebook, on Tumblr on google plus you can check out our podcast forums and everything else over there and get the show notes and screenshots that we'll mention for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 58 let's get into talking about this episode because there are a lot of things to discuss with this and we've got some great feedback from our listeners and we'll try to incorporate as much of it as we can into this but let's start off talking about the enchanted forest we see, um, well, right off, there's this thing of Bay is a little kid. Maybe. Littler kid. Yeah. He's maybe, really what cute. do you think? Five, six years old? He looks about. Seven or eight. He seven? looks about, I'd say six or <laughs> five or seven. Probably okay. six. I'd say six. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right between those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about six. So this is eight years before yeah, the whole dark one incident happens and about six and a half years before the whole bean incident happens that um, Bay goes down the bean hole. (laughs) So it starts out there and Rumpel's wife, Mila. um, Well, first of all, that's an interesting name that uh, one of our listeners wrote in suggesting maybe it's not just a name, but maybe it's a slight allusion to a Russian fairy tale. Our listener Josh wrote in saying, Great podcast. Could Rumpel's wife, Mila, actually be Ludmila? Ludmila is in a Russian fairy tale called Ruslan and Ludmila. And I'll have a link to this in the Wikipedia article about it at oncepodcast.com slash 58. There are some slight parallels between the stories like that uh, Ludmila fell in love and I mean every fairy tale has that but you should really check out the story and check out the information about it which I'll have the link in the show notes but one thing else I noticed about this Ruslan and Mila and Ludmila in this Russian fairy tale Ruslan is spelled I might be mispronouncing it it's R-U-S-L-A-N except for the A it contains it's a um I forget what they call it, but it's kind of like a kangaroo of a word of Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> that all of those letters in that order come from the name Rumpelstiltskin, except for the A. Okay. In it. 
So it could be something that they decided to borrow from that Russian fairy tale of <laughs> Ruslan and Ludmila. I can, wow. see, I can see them coming across it, at least, and going, hey, that made me think of Rumpelstiltskin. That should be his wife's name. Huh. And Lilla Wood pointed out to us in our chat room while we we're doing this live that Mila is a shortened version of E. Mila, which she was also called by one of the other women in this episode. She said, Emila's. Oh, really? At the dock. Yeah. When that woman came and knocked on Rumpelstiltskin's door Emilia? later. She said, yeah, Emilia. Emilia? Hmm. And that Emilia? I can't say it. No, I can't talk. <laughs> I but, mean, it is spelled differently than what, how we yeah. would spell it. And that name means rivalry. Thank you, Lila Wood, for pointing that out. Lila Wood. Emilia. Emilia. No, Emilia. Emilia. Yeah. <laughs> it's just spelled differently, that's why. Emilia. <laughs> Sorry, we have a... Dictation with the Ones podcast. <laughs> but something interesting, did you notice the pictures inside of Rumpelstiltskin's home? Hmm? I did this time because I listened to the official podcast <laughs> with with Horowitz and Kitsis, and they mentioned them. Yeah. But for some reason, I didn't notice them the first time. Uh, pictures of far-off places. Like, there's a beach. Mm-hmm. Drawings. Palm tree. Yeah, little drawings. Of course. Yeah. They don't seem to have cameras in <laughs> fairy tale land. Mila obviously wants to be somewhere else, and she really points that out embarrassingly to Rumpel, when at the bar, she says that very uh, painful thing. She referred to that she, it almost sounds like she wished she was an honored widow instead of being married to this coward that Rumpelstiltskin was. Yeah, she's kind of horrible. And that's, the coward title is used for Rumpelstiltskin so many times. It was in Desperate Souls the first time we saw Rumpelstiltskin's backstory. And he even in this episode says that he was a coward his whole life. Speaking of the last time we saw it and the ogre war, what which one did we decide or had we heard Jane Espenson say that was that was being referenced last time? I think this was the first ogre's war because we've learned of three in Once Upon a Time. Well, mm, kind have of we? four. Okay, first one. We'll call this one number one was the one Rumpelstiltskin was in probably, I think, a year before this or so. So it wasn't that he never went. It was that he ran away. Yeah, he ran away. He deserted um, because he was a coward. And now we know why he ran away and was so afraid of the ogres because they're big guys. (laughs) How kids take on those ogres? I don't know. Um, But so that's the first ogres war. Then Granny in the episode Red Handed referred to the second ogre's war and she did say second ogre's war you know that makes me think is there something about children and ogres like maybe children can do something that adults can't in ogre warfare just ran out of adults yeah in desperate (laughs) souls they said the ogre's war has taken a toll on the army and so now they've lowered the recruiting age like they said they lowered the recruiting age papa oh now, speaking of what the way you're saying it, Ogre's War, that's how Jane Espenson was tweeting it. And I think that's how they said it before. But in this mm-hmm. episode, they didn't, I don't think. They said Ogre War. Yeah. Yeah, in this episode. Which, I mean, that's just kind of a small point, but it's funny. It's almost like they decided it was too uh, 
too unusual to keep in the script or something. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, but then just to complete everyone's thought, the third Ogre's War was uh, around the time of Skin Deep, because that's what um, that's what Rumpelstiltskin saved Bell's father's kingdom from. And then this possible fourth-ish one is now in present-day fairy tale land. Lancelot said the ogres have returned. Right. So maybe there's a war, maybe they've just returned, and there's not a war. Right. So th- when, uh, when Hook was there in the scene in the bar, that you could see, I think, the pain on Mila's face when she realized that Bay came into the bar mm-hmm. and saw her, and suddenly it was like, oh... I need to be a mother. Yeah. How you act in front of children can show you a lot more than you might notice otherwise. Mm -hmm. But she seemed willing to want to start over with Rumpel. Yeah. She just, she wanted to get away from their reputation and she wanted adventure, which is kind of, she wanted, she wanted to be an adventurer with her husband. Yeah. And he didn't want to because he's a coward. Yeah. But, it's kind of odd because she said later that she fell in love with Killian Jones, Captain Killian Jones or Hook that night in the bar. I think she but would have was, said it different. I, th- I think I think that wouldn't have turned into that's the night that I loved him if Rumpelstiltskin had had gone with her. Mm. Like if, yeah. if they had run away together, that True. would have kind of disappeared. So it might have been a kind of after she saw him and yeah. he talked to Rumpelstiltskin about, let's go somewhere. And he's basically saying like, eh, no. Yeah. And then she decides, well. Yeah, she hmm, kind of latched on to that really, night. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, she just let her feelings pull her every which direction and yep. she ran away with the pirate. Yeah. <laughs> which when Rumpelstiltskin goes to try and get her back, the pirate says that he has taken many men's wives. Oh, can we yeah. back up for a second? Which, which, hold on, which really, I think, makes um, the meaning, the name that this guy has chosen for fans of Hook. Oh, jeez. It makes the name fit very well. Hookers. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the name, the very awkward name that he chose for fans of Hook, just like fans of Rumpelstiltskin are dearies and so on. But uh, I apparently... Hook, um, hooks fans are hookers which is ridiculous <laughs> i prefer hookies that's way better i'm a and... hookie oh dear <laughs> jenny what were you gonna say though you know in the scene with the tavern or as rumpelstiltskin says the bar um i thought i saw the frog princess or somebody who could be the frog princess because the frog princess is a new fairy tale but um it was it was a black girl and she was a waitress and that was hmm. oh I forget the frog princess's name. Um, I yeah, forget. I, don't, I she forget. She was a waitress. She was a waitress and I was oh. like, oh, that's got to be the fr- it could be the frog <laughs> princess. But I mean, Tiana. Tiana. There we go. Yeah. Thank you, chat room. You know, it also occurred to me that if that woman hadn't come and told Rumple that they had taken Mila, she would have just disappeared. She would have, mm, the yeah. ship would have left and she would have just been gone and he wouldn't have, he'd have been waiting for her to come home and wouldn't have ever known. It's just not even a note. She just, oh, she's so cruel. I don't like her. I just don't like her. Yeah. She's <laughs> a hooker. <laughs> oh gosh. But, uh, 
I, I suppose if they go back even further in the story, we may see her again and figure out a little bit more of what's going on there. Kitsis and Horowitz in the official podcast have said that we should be asking questions like, why did she marry Rumpel in the mm-hmm. first place? Which may, many of us are asking that. Why in the first place? And uh, mm-hmm. what incidents happened there? And much more. And I would even throw out there is Bale Fire really Rumpelstiltskin's son? Because mm. wouldn't it be terrible if later on he discovers that all this time he's been fighting for someone that's not his own son? Huh, I'm maybe. not. I'm not pushing that theory. That would be awful. I think it would yeah. be awful for the story as yeah. well in many ways. Yeah. Oh snap! Oh snap! <laughs> But on the ship, the captain introduces himself as Killian Jones. And I looked all over on the internet, trying different spellings and different things. I could not find anything about Killian Jones, except our own forums where (laughs) people were saying, what's Killian Jones? Well, you know... It's just a good Irish name, or Killian is. Pirates. I don't know many pirates, but I know a few pirate stories and pirates can take on kind of like off authors. They can take on pen names mm-hmm. or you know names to make them look bad. You know, yeah. So maybe this wasn't his real name. Now I have found some agreement with some of the other onesers in the forums over at onespodcast.com/forums, thinking that maybe this is Davy Jones' son, and that's <laughs> where the name comes from. Which, by the way, this is only the second character that we have a full name, first and last name for. Killian Jones. Except for Killian August Jones and Booth. Snow White. August Booth is a modern... Regina Mills, Henry Mills. But those are all they Storybrooke. Yeah, they didn't have last names. They never said Mills back in Fairytale Land. Yeah, they did. Henry. His tombstone, tombstone. said Henry. Oh. Beloved father. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Who needs last names in Fairytale Land? Yeah, exactly. But apparently Captain Killian Jones does. I'm upset apparently he does. that his name isn't Captain James something. Yeah. Because that's his name. And in the traditional in the traditional story, his name is James Jazz. Jazz hands hook. It was so <laughs> it was so sad to see Rumple be such a coward. Fighting yeah. well, not even fighting, but Wanting his wife back. And, and crying. Yeah. Oh. The sword that they gave him was this rusty sword to fight with Captain uh, Killian Jones. And it's the same sword that later Rumpelstiltskin gives to the captain oh. to well, fight those, with him. The same rusty sword. Those swords weren't shiny. Captain Killian Jones's sword was shiny. Just the just <laughs> the handle, the hilt, I guess you would say. But the blade was kind of like dull but it was still a lot it wasn't rusty like the one they gave <laughs> rumple and that rumple later gave back to hook so what I did he keep it all it was that rusty time? yeah i'll have a screenshot in the show notes at onespodcast.com slash 58 so uh hook then said this thing to rumple well it's quite simple really the pointy end goes in the other guy <laughs> <laughs> That's how a sword works. Yeah. <laughs> I heard the line before that for the first time um, when we watched this. He's like, you don't look like you've been in a duel, Beba. <laughs> He's like, it's quite simple, really. <laughs> Beba. It was funny. But then very painful words to Rumple. 
A man unwilling to fight for what he wants deserves what he gets. And the only time Rumpel fights is when he has magic because yeah. he feels like magic empowers him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's when he can fight because he has it's power. It's his crutch. Mm-hmm. In some ways, uh, literally. Like, well, it allows him to walk, literally. Yeah. Mm. That's true. Yeah. Huh. Did you think that was Smee the first time we saw the guy with the red cap? Oh, no. no. I didn't get it till they said it. I, I thought it was. Really? As you soon as I thought, yeah, I well, thought. It was the red hat that gave him away, wasn't the, it? It's the red been cap. a long time since I watched Peter Pan. <laughs> well, a I, long time. I was expecting to see a Smee, knowing that we would see Captain Hook. I thought, oh. we're going to see a Smee, too. I was expecting an old man with white hair and little spectacles. <laughs> I didn't expect anything because and a striped shirt i unfortunately knew <laughs> that we sandals. were sandals <laughs> that we were going to see hook <laughs> even though they kind of didn't reveal that it was hook until the end but i didn't think we were going to see peter pan or tinkerbell or anybody else so i didn't expect to see smee oh uh, speaking of peter pan i'm jumping really ahead but it doesn't really matter at the end I thought he was looking through his telescope at Peter Pan. Oh. <laughs> no, in, in modern day, uh, present day fairy tale land. Yeah, but nope. he wasn't. You guys corrected like me. A tower on that island. Or yeah. It was the island, the I safe could, haven. I couldn't tell what it was. But speaking of Peter Pan, I think that this episode shows us how the writers might have worked around the copyright issues. Because, because they gave us Hook. They gave us a, quote, crocodile. <laughs> and they referred to Neverland, all without having to include Peter Pan or call the guy Captain Hook, which maybe that name is trademarked too. But Peter Pan was never used in this. And in fact, Rumple kind of takes the place of Peter Pan. So Peter Pan as a character may not be necessary hmm. anymore. So you're saying there are just parts of the story that are copyrighted? Well, maybe the, the Peter Pan aspect of the story is being held you mean in all of this by the, the hospital. The part of the story where Hook wants to kill someone. Well, that's what they yeah. pulled from here. And that's, that, how you're, that's how you're saying he's like Peter Pan. Well, because Peter Hook Pan cut him. off Hook's hand oh, and fed it to the crocodile. Right. Which I had forgotten. And in this, Rumpelstiltskin, called the crocodile, cuts off Hook's hand and keeps the hand. <laughs> <laughs> so he's kind of both the crocodile and Peter Pan. <laughs> wow. Interesting. And uh, one of our listeners had even written this in Lost Upon a Time had also suggested that same thing that maybe mm-hmm. he fulfills the role of two characters. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin, that Lost is. Lost Upon a Time. <laughs> you know, when we were in the bar scene, you know, after, after Rumpelstiltskin became the, the dark one. He was sitting at the table with like crumbs all around and, and I had a, a random thought. I thought it's insignificant, but I thought it anyway. <laughs> Does the dark one need to eat? <laughs> oh. Like I was wondering that, but he did drink yeah. and like the previous dark one came in to uh Rebel Stiltskin's house and had soup <laughs> and said, You need to choose a different path. You know what <laughs> Now that you say that, he also acted like a beggar in this episode. Well, that was that was too once, yeah, which was kind of like his predecessor. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. Well, that's because that's because that's the only way that um, 
Oh, Killian Jones would recognize him. Yeah, I just thought it was a cool parallel. Is yeah. this the first time that we have had a fairy tale land storyline sandwich parts sandwich. that we've seen already in not one but two different episodes? We've already seen Rumple's backstory twice or parts of it, mm. and this one started before anything we'd seen and ended. Not after anything we do, but anything on his specific storyline. Yeah. Because hmm. two different episodes, fairy tale land tracks came in between scenes in this one. Yeah, very true. This this happens that first scene is like we said, Bale Fire is about six years old, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think the latter scenes are probably a year or two after Bay mm-hmm. is gone. It has to be long enough for rumors to spread about what happened to Bay because right. um Smee said that uh, he heard rumors. Yeah. It's not nice to spread rumors. <laughs> Thinking about it that way and the timeline just answered one of the questions I had rewatching it. I thought, how does Smee know these rumors? But when we've seen people like Snow White and Prince Charming, they don't seem to know anything about Rumpelstiltskin, even Regina. But it had been so long, the rumors would have faded and people would have forgotten who he is and he just lives on. More than 200 years. Mm-hmm. Kitsis and Horowitz had recently said in an interview with, uh, I think, Entertainment Weekly, they said about Rumpelstiltskin's accents, they said he's 300 years old. So hmm. we, we have that number now. We'd assumed maybe at least 200 years, 300 very easy to connect there. So, yeah, 300, 250 years or whatever years later, no one knows Rumpelstiltskin's backstory. It also explains why he's known widely as the Dark One, but then later on, it's whispers of a man. Yes, it's not, exactly. <laughs> it's not that anymore. Something happens between then. But there was, I was thinking about that too, but there is, um, it was Mo French, Bell's father in Storybrooke, referred to... Mr. Gold or Rumpelstiltskin as the Dark One. So he did know oh, of the right. Dark One legend. But he, I think he is the only person other than hundreds of years ago that we've heard call Rumpelstiltskin the Dark One. Interesting. Mo French with the Australian accent. How'd you guys like that Vader move at the bar? <laughs> the, I don't know if I say I liked oh, yeah. it, but. <laughs> well, okay, something interesting. They're at the bar about the beans. Blue Fairy, when uh, Bay had gotten the bean from Blue Fairy, she said some of the beans got away from us. And she told Rumpelstiltskin that was the last bean. That they have in yeah. their possession. Yeah. But, and, and Rumpelstiltskin even brings that up when talking with Smee in this clip. On this land, no. But the ships that dock here often return from far off lands with treasures they don't always understand. So it sounds like there could be more beans out there somewhere in other lands what mm-hmm. happens to the beans when they're used are they like the hat do they just stay where they went i think they disappear i think they must you would think that rumple would have found the one bay used yeah no no what what if what if what if the bean that bay used is still with bay oh well maybe well then that would make it a little bit different from the hat we might have to assume then the ba- the bean that hook used could maybe still be with Oh, Hook well, then he and, would just use it to get back to Story Rick, I yeah. see. So I'm thinking beans are kind of one-time use They're things. They're perishable. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, 
Go maybe. ahead, Jeremy. Well, if you throw it in the water, maybe it's a little harder to keep with you. <laughs> yeah, I would think so, yeah, too. that's true. Something um, else that, um, speaking of Rolgorum or the Blue Fairy, mm-hmm. Rubblestiltskin said, only the Dark One has eternal life. But what about the Blue Fairy? She's pretty darn old. She's old. Yes. Older than the Dark One, right? Yeah, but I think... Older than, the, like, the very first <laughs> Dark One. She's the original one. magic. Yeah. Which the original magic? still, she doesn't seem like she is actually more powerful than anything. So maybe those were just rumors. It, maybe she comes from the very first baby laugh. <laughs> like the very first baby laugh. I think that Rumpelstiltskin is the only one who can not be killed. And that's what makes him immortal or life eternal. Whereas oh. Blue Fairy... And even... Um, oh, yeah, because when he, like, swatted at her with his sword, <laughs> she was like, whoa. Yeah, she didn't say... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she could go the way of the fairy godmother. Oh. True. So maybe she just Boom. doesn't age, <laughs> but she's not Good eternal like he is, Good. immortal. Maybe. Point. And we got one other suggestion from Slurpees108 of where the other beings might have gone that the blue fairy lost slurpees says dear once podcast i've been thinking about b bean man <laughs> williams me who makes a profession of acquiring precious items for other people we know that he either traveled by ship to other lands or had connections with sailors who did where exactly did he get the magical bean and from whom the Blue Fairy said in the episode The Return that the beans had been stolen from the Enchanted Forest. Or she said um, mm-hmm. they, uh, well, they, they got away from us yeah. or something. Except for the one she gave Balefire. Well, I think the person who stole the beans from the Enchanted Forest and the person whom Smee got the magical bean is one and the same person. Also, I think that person could be Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk Tale. Remember, Jack, in the story, traded their cow for magic beans. Plural, wasn't it? Uh, I don't remember. I think so. Wait, 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 wait. Ask that again. When the Jack and the Beanstalk story was that there was this famine, and so Jack traded their cow or some kind Mm -hmm. of animal for magic beans. Plural. What if he was the one that got most or all of the other magic beans. It's possible, but yeah. those beans made a bean stalk, not a bean hole. <laughs> some beans grow up, some beans grow down. Oh, they did say that. They did say That's what Jane Espenson said. Uh, yeah. Oh, she, yeah, she said that. <sighs> the beans are just magic portals. Well, maybe, maybe Smee had the magic bean because it was made in Eureka. <laughs> because wrong show. I know, but... He is Vincent, and I just can't stop thinking of him as Vincent <laughs> from Eureka. Just oh. a shout out. We may proceed. Yeah, that's that's why the <laughs> na- the guy sounded familiar. I was yes. trying to remember. Thank you. I, I was <laughs> racking my brain. How do I know that voice and that face? I've seen it before. Now, when Hook calls Rumpelstiltskin crocodile, crocodile, he kind of looks it slight, like looks slightly reptilian, and the it's suit that he's wearing mm-hmm. looks kind of scaly. Well, yes. yeah, Rumpelstiltskin as the dark one, his skin is very rough and golden, mm-hmm. and his <laughs> he likes the crocodile clothes, like he likes to look scaly, like a snake. Yeah, 
So I think it was a very a fitting nickname for him. Mm-hmm. Well, if he turns good in Storybrooke and he's part of one of Henry's operations, that can be his code name. Except really, <laughs> if the person trying to kill you gave you your code name, it's probably not a good code name. Operation so never mind. Crocodile. <laughs> so jumping forward just a little bit to when Mila was on the ship and uh, Rumpelstiltskin was going to rip her heart out. By the way, I initially said that his magic was green. I, I'm, I was wrong. It's purple. You were colorblind then. We've, was, we've seen him use a couple different kinds of magic, but yeah, most of the time it's purple. It like was the true blue. Love potion. Later on, it was blue when he was pulling the car, but that's later on. Yeah. It was blue. They actually showed the little border around his hand. This time, I guess, for the people who thought he was actually make that they were making holes in people taking out their hearts and wondered how they were surviving this. <gasps> I always assumed that it was a damageless heart grab. Mm-hmm. Well, they showed it this time, which was a little weird. Oh, okay. I didn't notice that detail. Yeah, showed like what? Purpley, sort of magic-y border around oh. where his hand was stuck in her chest, oh. which I think was just assumed every time we've seen somebody do that. But this time they showed it. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. He said he didn't realize the power of true love. Now, why would he say that? Well, because of uh, Mila being so defensive of Hook and saying that she loves him. But uh, it sounded sort of sarcastic. Yeah. But then again, he, Mila never loved him. And he didn't truly love Mila either. Because hmm, if he did truly love her... He would have fought for her. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably true. That's assumable. And later on in Storybrooke, Rumpelstiltskin refers to the one and only person he ever really loved as Bay. Bay. Yep. True. So he definitely loved his son. Mila, not so much. True. I mean, he, he did kill her when he got angry. <laughs> yeah. And- I think... I don't think that's the normal course of action <laughs> for a person who loves someone. He should have asked Charming for dating advice long before this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Charming hadn't been born yet. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get to that scene in a little bit when we talk about Storybrooke. Charming's birth? <laughs> <laughs> so, Hook, um, well, when, when Bay, or when Rumple was yelling at Mila mm-hmm. about Bay and saying, you left him, and really... And the producers said this, too, in the official Once Upon a Time podcast. They said Rumpelstiltskin was also kind of yelling at himself. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, when he killed Mila, Bay was already gone because he was already the Dark One and all of that. And he left Bay. He mm-hmm. let Bay go and didn't follow him because he was a coward. He could not give up his magic. I think he yells at himself by yelling at and sometimes beating on other people a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like what he did to Mo in Storybrooke. Yes. Saying, you shut her out. Well, he did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It turned out Mo didn't even really do that at all. But nope. uh, he sort of started to, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I want to back up to the bar mm-hmm. a little bit because we learned at least two things. Actually, they weren't both in the bar. But we learned two things that the Dark One can do that we didn't know. He can turn back the clock on somebody's age mm-hmm. or turn it forward and dig out a memory. But it's messy. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, true. So I kind of wonder if That's we're going to see these things. Scary. 
might he have at some point this is crackpot but maybe he thought he would find bay and he didn't know what age he'd be and he wanted to turn back the clock Hmm. Interesting. That's good. Which I would yeah. think a grown man would probably object to being turned back into a boy. And I don't think that's what Rumple would do Smee now. He didn't have a problem with that. He said good enough. Well, especially that's if he Smee. could retain all his memories and Ugh. take them back to boyhood. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I would do that. Would you? You'd go I would back be... to boyhood? <laughs> Just kidding. I would go back to girlhood. <laughs> I would be smarter than average children. <laughs> That looked my age. <laughs> you wouldn't like it for very long. <laughs> I probably would. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be a baby. <laughs> I'd just be a little girl. Uh, after Rumple cut off Hook's hand and Hook stabs him with the hook. This is getting confusing. Hook. <laughs> <laughs> he should have also slapped him with his hand. <laughs> <laughs> his one good hand. He still had. Not the other one, unless he picked it. <laughs> anyway, Ew. it's like throwing a glove at someone. Oh. <laughs> I challenge you to a duel. Oh, wait, too late. Oh, that's my fist. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> um, when, when Hook then tried to kill him, he said something along the lines that, uh, I will find a way to kill you no matter how long it takes, which reminded me of what Rumple yelled at the Blue Fairy. That he said something very similar. I will find a way, no matter how long it takes, hmm. to get to Bay. So, Hook has been plotting for hundreds of years. Well, we don't know if it's hundreds of years in his actual yeah, time, I'd but say not. it's been in Neverland. We don't know if Neverland follows a parallel time or if it's just. Oh wait, no, you're right. It probably has been. I forgot. Unless time in Neverland flows slower than it does in our land, which could very well be. Um, so Maybe. Hook might have felt like he was in Neverland for just a year instead of 300 years. But So Hook has been planning for a long time to get revenge on Rumple, And Rumple has been planning for a long time to get Bay back. Yeah. And very similar words that they used each and to refer to it. possibly still to get revenge? True. Possibly. True. Or just maybe he's afraid of Hook. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Yeah. One thing, um, when Rumpel was working with the hands... Oh my and- gosh, I wanted to bring that up so bad. <laughs> Did on. you hear the popping? No, what? I didn't hear popping. Popping of the fingers. Oh, there was... What I noticed was that there was way too much life in that hand. I'm like, whose hand are you wrestling right now? And how many times did you have to stop because you were laughing? And then it's so different when they cut to the fake hand. Cut to... Ew. Yeah. It's like, oh look, I'm no longer the same size or color. But I'm now the dead hand. But it had hair on it. <laughs> well, I noticed. Here's a crazy connection. That hand. Do you know what that hand made me think of? What? Doctor Who? No. Wait, <laughs> I didn't think so. It made me from think. From Adam's family? Nope. It made me think in Once Upon a Time. I'm not doing <laughs> okay. all connections. It made me think. Remember in Mystery Man's apartment in the premiere episode, Broken. In Mystery Man's apartment, he has a poster or painting oh! on his wall of a red hand. Interesting. Just a hand, not an arm. It's just the hand. Huh. I think that might be That's a stretch. Coinkydink. Stretch, coincidence. Coinkydink. I, I thought it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to look for connections under rocks where there aren't any. And finally, that picture of Bay 
did not look like either child that has played Bay. I thought it did. I didn't. Well, okay. There was one scene, having seen the drawing of this Bay, that I thought, oh, that does look like the drawing. But then when I saw the drawing again, I thought again that no, it doesn't look like him. Some of the listeners have said that that drawing of Bay looks Peter Pan like. Oh, I don't know. But do you think Cora? I mean, not Cora. Yeah, Mila. Do you think Mila was the drawer, not Rumpelstiltskin? Could oh, oh, you're probably right. Yeah, because there are those drawings in the house. Yeah, of places she wanted to go, so she was probably the artistic. Then again, one. I also had the thought: what if Rumpelstiltskin just just made them up by magic? <laughs> you know, like just was like poof. I want a picture of my son. Yeah, hand drawn, please. <laughs> <laughs> That could have been, too. Yeah, I don't know. That's great. So when they throw, when Hook throws this bean into the water, it creates this big vortex, and he says the bean that, hole. Yeah, he <laughs> says that they're going to go somewhere where they won't age and they where they can plot their revenge, and then he does say Neverland. How does yes, he know he does. where the bean's going to take him? Do all the beans go to Neverland? I think the beans can be controlled where I they think? go. Hmm. Because Blue Fairy gave it to Balefire and said the bean will take it. Maybe she like programmed the bean to go to a land without magic. And then Hook maybe somehow programmed the bean to go to Neverland. Mm. But he was confident of where it would go. Yeah. I don't think all beans go to Neverland because we talked about this in our initial reactions at onespodcast.com slash 57 that we can't really say that, um, that Bay went to Neverland. Um, two, because he went to a land without magic, and Neverland is a place where people don't age. And so there's magic there, and Tinkerbell and Peter Pan have magic. So there's magic in that world. But it is, many listeners write in theories that maybe Bay is still the Peter Pan character and somehow traveled to, uh, to Neverland. Because keep in mind, in the Peter Pan story, Neverland is reachable from Earth. Yeah, so. Yeah. Second star Which, on the right and third straight on. No, third star. Second. <laughs> second star on the right and straight on till morning. Well, you're never going to get there. Oh, my goodness. Or is it first star on the right? <laughs> we'll stop and ask for directions. <laughs> they don't even have to write that part into the show. Exactly. And really, if there are copyright issues, Bay could fill the role of Peter Pan and he doesn't ever have to be called that. Right. He just wear a green costume and pantyhose. Uh, and either he could huh. be Robin Hood or <laughs> Peter Pan. <laughs> They're dressed kind of the same. It's the difference of hat or no hat. And it is second star, on, right, by the way. Oh, is good. It? Well, I'll be on my way. Anything else about <laughs> Enchanted Forest time that we want to talk about before moving on? Yes, I want to say, if I just traded a nub for a hook, I'd probably have a few scratches on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just, that's why he can take it off so saying. easily. <laughs> oh, I happen... To wonder when I saw him put it into its socket if he might have. Yes, he's so like my sound effect. <laughs> I did. That was that was nice. It just because he's hook and he's known for the hook doesn't mean he can't put other stuff in there. Right. Are right. you thinking of the movie Hook? No. Well, he puts all of these little things. He's got like different little attachments. Adapters. I don't remember <laughs> these things. I might somewhere in the back of my mind, but I'm trying to think of cooler things that he might put yeah, in there. Like in the movie Hook, he had this one attachment that he was able to stick a chalk 
um, stick uh, at the end of it. As and like that. a teacher, and he had like a goblet, and he had like yeah. a baseball glove. Yeah, <laughs> he, but no, he could put like a mini cannon on there. So he just put little <laughs> cannonballs in there. That's hilarious. And, and boom, I don't know. Uh, oh it's my. a little slow. Mm. <laughs> Fairy tale land. I don't know. It's a little technologically backward. Lady K but it's tells happy. <laughs> Lady K tells us in the chat room they're called terminal devices. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome by the way speaking of the chat room we do this live on wednesdays at seven at, no i'm sorry at 8 30 eastern time over at oncepodcast.com slash live where you can join us for the full discussion and then on sunday nights we have our initial reactions immediately after the eastern and central time airing and then we have a live chat room during that so the podcast starts at 9 15 Eastern time on Sundays and the chat room starts at about eight o'clock Eastern time. So join us for that. We'd love to have you there at onespodcast.com slash live. And before we move on, I want to thank a, a, one specific person. Sandra has donated again to sponsor this episode of one's podcast. So Sandra, all of us really appreciate your support of one's podcast. And if anyone else would like to sponsor an episode and be like co-producers with us, you can go to onespodcast.com slash sponsor. So thank you very much, Sandra, and everyone else who's donated to this point, too. Sandra Bullock? <laughs> Sandra D? <laughs> so let's talk about Storybrooke. That dream sequence was creepy. That dream sequence. <laughs> I don't know. How does Belle even know anything about Grumpy or Dwarves or the Axes? Yeah. Does she really? I mean... Maybe she met them, although maybe. she's been a kept woman. <laughs> <laughs> but I found it interesting that Grumpy said, this wasn't a dream, yes, but Grumpy said to Gold, nothing in this shop belongs to you. Maybe she realizes that. Could be, yeah. Maybe there's something of her in that, of hers in that shop. Now, if you want to have some Wait. fun. No, no can't. Nothing because, of hers, yeah. yeah. If you want to have some fun, go to onespodcast.com and look at our Caption This series of photos. And I took one of them of Mr. Gold when he turned around and he was suddenly mis- uh, Rumpelstiltskin choking Grumpy. And uh, I need your caption for that photo. That did freak me out, I have to say. I thought it was real. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? I thought it wasn't a dream. I didn't I think like, it was actually happening in the real world outside the TV show. But. Wow, he's suddenly Rumpelstiltskin. Suddenly the dark one again. How'd that happen? Great. Is he in a flashback and forth? All he needed was a little push, a little bit of anger. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice when Ruby visited the dwarves and Charming in the mine, she was carrying food in a basket? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. It's one of the things she can do. It's on her resume. I know. <laughs> so she's turning back to her little red writing herself. Oh, and she introduced herself to Belle as Ruby, yeah. not Red. Yeah, uh, which very interesting. And I, I think even the producers in the official podcast are still referring to Storybrooke names when they're talking about these characters in Storybrooke. Well, you know, they are both. Maybe she <laughs> yeah. likes her name Ruby instead of Red. Mm-hmm. I think the Ruby-Red combination is a cooler person than either one of them. Well, Ruby has two syllables and Red only has one. So clearly <laughs> well, the name Ruby is better. <laughs> oh, clearly. <laughs> so she has giant platform shoes. Yeah. It seems like she likes... Because she's not tall enough. She likes Ruby's wardrobe. Oh, and also Mo French is going by 
his storybook name on the little sign that he made. Everybody is a really good drawer in <laughs> Once yeah. Upon a Time. But in that little sign he made of Bell, it says, Talk to Mo at Game of Thorns. Speaking of that drawing, her eyes in the drawing were green. And seems like her eyes are actually blue, not green. Uh, or, or are they just green something? Does she, does she have chameleon eyes? Is that it? Maybe they, they just change color. I mean, what? I don't know. I'd have to see other pictures. She's she's of her. maybe it change. They change color according to what color she's wearing. Like whenever she wears blue, her eyes definitely hmm. look blue. I think not. And she should probably not ever wear red then. <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, I just made a note of it because. Rumpelstiltskin tends to like dark hair, blue eyes, women, eyed women, because Mila had blue eyes and dark it's hair, true. and Belle had, I thought she had blue eyes. When Rumpel and Charming team up to try and find Belle, they talk to, or Charming talks to that one guy who s- said that his father was a butcher and turned into a pig by Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> yes. I could not find anything on that. <laughs> How long did you I look? I think it was a quick... A while. <laughs> um, well, I, the closest thing I could find, there is a Grimm's fairy tale called Hans in Luck. And there's a spot where a butcher comes by that has a pig in a wheelbarrow and he gives it to this character, Hans. But there's nothing about turning the butcher into a pig. There are lots of fan fictions for Harry Potter, of all things, that refer to turning people into pigs accidentally okay. or on purpose. Whoops. But I could not find any actual fairy tale about turning someone into a pig. So it could be some reference to the three little pigs, or it could be just something else that they're just saying, oh, this sounds like something funny we could throw in here. That you just mentioned, um, James, helping... Gold made me remember that the deal that they made in the previous episode. Yeah. Like he's going back on his deal. Because the deal was they leave each other alone. Well, they don't interfere. Yeah, that was. They didn't say anything about helping. Don't interfere with each other. And they're not interfering, they're helping. David is helping. But again, how could he have made that deal? I still think it's so stupid. What if if Gold had started beating on Mo again? Does he have to just stand there and watch? Actually, he was. Bell, he stop was, him. I'm not allowed. Um, Gold was kind of hurting Mo. Wow. Well, and David did interfere. I think the not interfering is like bigger picture kind oh, of thing. Okay. Right? Just these little. Like, Let me learn my magic in peace. You can't cut in front of me in line ever or <laughs> anything like that. Especially if I say it, please. <laughs> Probably. The library has been closed forever, Ruby says. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute! It hasn't. Well, it hasn't because Regina closed it at some point when she still had power. Rumpelstiltskin oh. said that in one of I the was, recent episodes. Yeah, but is that meaning like mayorship power well, or just power? Power? Yeah, we like, discussed that before. I thought it was mayorship power, but me too. Maybe she put that in their mind. By the way, hey, I closed this at some point. Trolls in Storybrook. Where have they been? What? Trolls? Yeah. Oh. David slash, gosh, so many names, said that trolls were guarding the uh, the line, the town line, making sure nobody accidentally crosses. Did he say trolls? Yes, I he did. I think he said oh. patrols. No, 
Oh. Oh. I think that's where he said patrols, yeah. Okay, I was like, wait, They're a different kind of troll. (laughs) I was thinking... Uh, how they hide trolls? Like, where would trolls be? <laughs> and if, if they were one-time That's people, awesome. then why haven't you know? Why haven't? Why hasn't Jiminy turned back into a cricket? And why you know all this stuff? But trolls are people too. Trolls. <laughs> I thought he said trolls. Yeah, Belle went to the library in giant shoes too. By the way, she did. Oh <laughs> Not my word! Made by trolls. They probably. were like. They were like. Dorothy slippers, only like really, really tall. Yeah, she did that, and it was kind of awkward. A lot of did anybody else find Belle's wardrobe slightly awkward? I thought her just in the entirety. It was very feminine for a guy that gave her clothes. Um, (laughs) Talking about Rebel Sisson. Where Where would he get get those clothes? Actually, that's a bigger question that I think I try not to ask myself too (gasps) often is where do these people in this little isolated town get all these right now trending clothes? (laughs) This makes no sense whatsoever. I'm really liking the leather pants. Like I looked on Amazon for some of those leather (laughs) pants. I like them. What do you think of... Rumpelstiltskin asking Charming for dating advice. Uh, that was funny. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, but he was all like, no, I'm not. I'm not asking you about <laughs> dating. <laughs> that was an awful accent. <laughs> but Jeremy, I know you wanted to say something about this uh, clip from their conversation. Honesty. That's how we did it. Hard work and being honest with one another. Well, I don't lie. There's a difference between literal truth and honesty of the heart good advice and and the theme of the entire episode i would say yeah honesty and specifically honesty of the heart Mm -hmm. which could probably be explored quite a bit (laughs) you know looking back at enchanted forest hook was more honest than rumpelstiltskin when rumpelstiltskin left the ship and he said what do i tell my boy hook said tell him the truth his father's a coward but instead, what did Rumpelstiltskin tell yeah, his boy? She died. Yeah, she, she, uh, she's dead. Yeah. And that's what he then repeated in the episode Desperate Souls. Which at that time, she wasn't dead. When he said she's dead, uh-huh. she wasn't dead. Yeah. But he didn't know that, actually. No, I guess he didn't. Not for sure. Yeah. And really... Had the situation not been what it turned out to be, there would have been a good chance that she would have been dead by that time. Yeah. If she had just simply been taken by pirates who didn't care about her, she could have very well been dead. Mm-hmm. So Rumpelstiltskin apparently didn't know that Ruby could smell. And she said, Ruby said with things changing, her sense of smell has been getting a little bit stronger. I looked for a reaction and I didn't see one. I didn't see him. I didn't see him react in a way that told me he had no idea who well, she was. The the only reaction was he said, "You can smell her," but we, maybe he just doesn't know about werewolves. <laughs> but we didn't see I mean, him like, react to her saying, "Well, maybe he just didn't. Maybe he knows about werewolves. Maybe he just didn't know like the specifics of what werewolves are capable of doing." And there could have just been a little bit of awkwardness in the scene because they were trying to catch up people who didn't watch season one. Could be. (laughs) But why why would you be able to smell and the wolf thing? Oh, okay. Now the audience knows what's going on. 
We just happen to have somebody who should maybe know a little bit more ask the question. Well, Clockwatcher sent in an email uh, basically saying if Mr. Gold really doesn't know about Ruby's wolf thing, then that's <laughs> good evidence that he did not partake in the writing of the book of Henry's storybook oh. because Ruby's story is in it. Yes, we don't know in how and much he, detail. If if this is a hint that he doesn't know Ruby's story, then that means that Rumple must not have uh, participated in at least this part of the book. Or I don't think he possible. wrote it anyway. It's possible that he just didn't know what she could do as a werewolf while in human form. Well, think about this, though. The book was written before he woke up. Yeah. So it makes no sense for him to have written it. Right. Right. Oh, I had a theory. Blue fairy. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, <laughs> Clockwatcher uh, suggests that again, that blue fairy is it. What's your theory, Jenny? Whenever, I, I think Belle's going to become really powerful. I think she's going to learn stuff at that library, and she's going to be a very valuable player, I guess. Like magic or just knowledge? Just knowledge. I think she's going to be very valuable for knowing so many things because she loves to read. I think she's going to become extremely valuable. And knowledge is power. As um, someone had sent in an email yeah, or a voicemail... Me- I agree with it. As soon as as soon as I heard that, I mean, I had been thinking that before, but as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" He just put my whole theory into <laughs> two words. Or wait, no, not two words. <laughs> two words. Knowledge is power. Is three words. <laughs> well, that was my thought on why Regina would have closed the library. Yeah, assuming she did, which I always assumed she did. Yeah, to keep people from certain knowledge. Yeah. Well. Here's a combination of that theory and something else, too, and I'll combine this with another email in a moment, but this email, uh, voicemail, came in from Robert about this. Hi, this is Robert calling from Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Uh, my wife and I love the show. Here's our theory. Our theory is that the library is a portal for, between the two worlds. Um, why, of course, will Regina close it right away, or at least it be closed for so long? Um, as well, there are probably other books in the library, and that might be where Henry got the book from. Um, but there might be other books that have spells and then all other sorts of things. As you know, um, books contain knowledge and power, and those that want to remain in power keep those away from knowledge and power. You know, on that scene, I was looking also for the mirror tree. Do you remember that thing? Yeah. The what? The tree that was like, little mirrors the with the elevator down to the basement where yeah. Maleficent oh. was. do you remember when regina think, touched that part i think and, we just didn't see that wall yeah maybe That's so all. it didn't look it didn't it didn't look like it did in that episode but with the idea of the library maybe being a portal and this is maybe stretching a little bit but um jeremy you're probably thinking of this one of our other listeners nick or sac usmc 27 from the chat room <laughs> suggested something based on the idea of the Myst series of games oh. where books are portals and uh, books are creations of new lands. And then there are linking books that take you to these different lands. Hmm. And it's a bit of a stretch, I think, for something yeah. like Once Upon a Time. I, I also have to think that unless we're going to seriously question Regina's intentions again, that if she really wanted to help retrieve Emma and Mary Margaret and she knew how to get back to yeah. Fairytale Land, she'd have told them. Yes, but Mr. Gold had the key 
Maybe. Well, I think they could break down. He the said door he got case. the key. He, he made some calls key. and got the key. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember Regina originally had the key when they went walked into the library. I think oh. whatever's in there, if it's going to be powerful, it's something they don't. I think it's going to be a discovery, and mm. nobody's really going to know what's think, in there. Yeah, I think um, if if anybody's the first to know besides Belle, it'll be Rumpelstiltskin because mm. Belle likes Rumpelstiltskin, and she'll tell him. Well, Re- Regina was afraid of fires. From the basement. Ah. <laughs> there um, are a lot of books in the library. <laughs> Just got that. Nice. <laughs> I'm so sorry. There are a lot of books in the library. Uh, well, Insightful. Go on. When, when Belle looks into the library, you can barely see some of the titles. And I'll have the screenshot in the show notes and also flip so you don't have to hurt your neck looking to try and Thank read the book titles. I like that. But I'll have that at oncepodcast.com slash 58. But in addition to... Those book titles, which you can kind of read, when later, near the end of this episode, when Rumpelstiltskin and Belle are in the library, first he walks in and he says um, this line, he says, we may sit in our library and yet be in all quarters of the earth. I looked that up. Did you find the same thing I found? A once (laughs) fan? You know you're a once fan? (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was like, oh my goodness. And then it was like a fan page. Oh, well, that's the only thing I found. Oh. It's it's not a verbatim quote, but it's very similar to a quotation from Sir John Lubbock, who wrote the book, The Pleasures of Life. And there are um, it's within this interesting little section, two paragraphs here, which I'll quickly read to you, because I think they connect interestingly in some ways with Once Upon a Time. Very interesting. Uh, a little bit. So I'll read this. Uh, It says, not only does a library contain infinite riches in a little room, infinite riches, Mr. Gold, but we may sit at home and yet be in all quarters of the earth. We may travel around the world with Captain Cook or Darwin, with Kingsley or Ruskin, who will show us more, much more perhaps than ever we should see for ourselves. The world itself has no limits for us. Humboldt and Herschel will carry us far away to the mysterious nebula beyond the sun and even the stars. Time has no more bounds than space. History stretches out behind us, and geology will carry us back for millions of years before the creation of man, even to the origin of material universe itself. Nor are we limited to one plane of thought. Aristotle and Plato will transport us into a sphere nonetheless delightful because we cannot appreciate it without some training. And the second paragraph, I think, is also good for this. Comfort and consolation, refreshment and happiness may indeed be found in his library by anyone, quote, who shall bring the golden key that unlocks its silent door. Mm. Unquote. A library is a true fairyland, a very palace of delight, a haven of of repose from the storms and troubles of the world. Rich and poor can enjoy equally, for here, at least, wealth gives no advantage. We may make a library, if we do rightly use it, a true paradise on earth, a garden of Eden without without its one drawback, for all is open to us, including and especially the fruit of the tree of knowledge, for which we are told that our first mother sacrificed all the pleasures of paradise." Here, we may read the most important histories, the most exciting volumes of travels and adventures, the most interesting stories, the most beautiful poems. We may meet the most eminent statesmen, poets, and philosophers, benefit by the ideas of the greatest thinkers, and enjoy the grandest creations of human genius. 
That's Sir Richard John Lubbock from mm. The Pleasures of Life. Interesting. Yeah. And I'll have a link to that. You can get the ebook for free off of Amazon, a free Kindle ebook. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Since you're reading literature, <laughs> I should mention that he quoted a line from a poem, and the line was, Ships that pass in the night. I wonder if that kind of. Oh, yeah. You know, back in fairy tale land, enchanted yes, forest. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I wonder if if that somehow like links or some. I wonder if it has any irony. Could be. In I it. didn't. I didn't look up that one. I just thought he was just making a pirate joke or no, something. No, no, that's an fighting. actual poem. Hmm. Oh yeah, well, it sounds poetic. Ships that pass in the night. Also in the library, um, when gold and bell are in there talking you can't read any of the book titles it's too blurry but you can see some of the little section markings of the different books and i wrote down some of these mental derangements oh good magic and ritual Uh oh naturalism pantheism liberalism parapsychological methods which i had to look up what in the world is that that's telepathy precognition clairvoyance psychokinesis, near-death experiences, reincarnation, and apparitional experiences. And also, there's another section that says something, I couldn't quite read it, and clairvoyance. So, they're having this conversation. He's the dark one, and they're having this conversation surrounded by all of these books about dark arts, kind of, and about these magic things. I thought that was an interesting little nod. And there's also a sign in the library advertising Spanish lessons. Good. Interesting. I hope there are cookbooks because, seriously, have you ever had a hamburger? Are we sure that Fairy Tale Land is the land of burger? Ew. (laughs) But no hamburgers? Are we sure that Fairy Tale Land is the land of happy endings? Seriously, no hamburgers. You know, I I really love how they're acknowledging that Belle has indeed been kept from like modern things like she's been locked up mm-hmm. i love how they're how they're how they're showing that like she didn't know what pancakes were she didn't know how you use syrup she she doesn't know what a hamburger is so if their if their perception of the 28 years was hazy so that they didn't realize time was passing that way do they remember it as 28 years or do they remember it as some strange block of time that was definitely years, but they don't know how long. They remember both, I think, because David, well... Because that'd be really horrible oh, for Bill, I would think. True. I was in that room for 28 years, David, and I'm not sure where the bathroom was. <laughs> A lot of the characters have fake memories, for sure. Like, David yeah. referred to having read about oh, you're right. um, the Mad Hatter in school. David never actually went to school. That's a lot of memories crammed into one head. Yeah. <laughs> but we are both we, <laughs> they are both they are both we you are anyway i am one i found the quote from oh. ships that pass in the night what's it from it's from henry henry wadsworth longfellow it doesn't look like a poem it's very very short want to hear it hmm? that could be a poem ships that pass in the night and speak each other in passing only a signal shown and a distant voice in the darkness so, on the ocean of life, we pass and speak one another, only a look and a voice, then darkness again in silence. Hmm. So, has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> but it's, it's nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, there was a flicker of light in amidst a notion of darkness. Speaking of dark places, we didn't talk much about the mine and the mine cart and that whole yeah. incident. 
Because we hate mine dust. <laughs> right. <laughs> was this mine? Is this the mine they've been digging? Or is this the mine that was already there, part of which collapsed? Because it I'm has like, like steel support beams and a track and a cart. And I'm going, how did they do this? And by the way, isn't it a little dangerous? And how did they do this to mine a tunnel out past the city border? <laughs> how did they even get such a thing? Oh, gosh, that you're makes right. makes no sense. I think it was already there. Yeah. I think the fact that it's outside the border proves that it's already there. I think so. Yeah, David said the mines lead outside the town. And Regina had referred to the mines have already been have having already been there. And also True. remember in the episode Dreamy, Snow talked about Miners Day, and Emma was like, "Right, miners in Maine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lobsters. Wait, crabs? Was oh, that wait, the thing? Did, did she say that, or did we talk about no, she that? Did. She okay. said it she would did. make more sense, you know, for crabs or lobsters okay. or something like lobsters, that. Yeah. Lobsters. But I'm starting to forget now. What did we say? And what did they actually say? <laughs> <laughs> so many episodes, so many memories. <laughs> we are, we are both. both. <laughs> <laughs> Something gold ties up Smee with gold cord. Oh, was it gold cord? Yes. I didn't really? catch that. Yes, I didn't nice. catch it either. And which the whole, that whole thing that that makes me think even more. Was this a scene to make us to remind us or tell us that despite the whole thing with Bell, which I believe was genuine, there's still a side of him that is still selfish and going after these things that are so destructive not only did he and i can understand why he might find this so urgent because he knows hook wants to kill him but he he captures smee who is kind of a kind of has it coming he kind of (laughs) makes storybrook unsafe but regardless he ties him up and he's asking him where hook is and is this for some vendetta that he still has one of many apparently. he's gonna have to turn the clock forward now to make good on his word yeah right well no because smee didn't make f- smee didn't oh, make good oh, on his turn, word yeah okay so he's gonna have to so, turn the clock yeah. forward and kill him my bad could the gold cord even be symbolic of the fact that down here and i got the sense it was his basement he still got this corner of his life that he's still he's still the dark one. He's mm. still the way he's always been. It's not all gone. He's using the stuff that Bell doesn't even want him making because he's using magic and he's, you know, kind of being a bully. Not a bully, but yeah. how menacing. Would, how would he even know about Captain Hook? How would he even know I mean I mean I know he knew him, but how would he know that Captain Hook is still alive? Well, he he I well, maybe Smee he is. Yes, yeah, me yeah, that's true. Because he asked about his boss. And up until this point, he probably had no reason to suspect that Hook was still alive. Right. But now that he sees Smee from hundreds of years ago, it makes him think, wait, you're alive. Your boss is probably still alive. Where is he? (laughs) Yeah. um, That's a good point. Because I forget almost as we're going through this, that it's only because of Neverland that the people on that ship didn't die long before the curse. Did you notice also in Rumpel's basement, he had the potion shelf that we saw in the Heart heart of Darkness, (laughs) where he made the true love potion and put it up on that shelf Uh with all the other potions? He has the same shelf in the basement. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have a screenshot in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 58. And also showing uh, the gold ties around around Smee. Speaking of potions, why are all things in bottles pink? Well, I was looking at the bottle that Cora had later on. Her bottle is pink. 
Hmm. It's magic, just pink. Sparkly dirt. <laughs> Sparkly dirt. <laughs> it's purplish. It's pink is purplish. It's pink, though. It's just the color of magic. That, well, of some magic. <laughs> like girly magic. The magic that Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> brought back was purple. He was really red or when fuchsia. he disappeared. But then, yeah, red smoke when he disappeared. Purple color when he reached into the heart. We Aqua. should, you know what? Bunch of different colors. We should, we should start um, something on the forum that, that um, keeps track of what colors <laughs> are what. I don't know. They, they did change the color of that smoke in the finale, but we don't know necessarily why. Maybe they just thought, oh, this other color looks better. <laughs> like the producers did, that is. Oh. They originally, it, because that's all CGI, originally it was going to be green. Why do you say that? it to purple. Well, well, that's just, they did, they changed it. Oh, for, how do you know what was originally? Oh, they said it oh. somewhere. In, oh, okay. Uh, I forget what newspaper the article is. kind of green. Yeah. Green and black and stuff. <laughs> so, the, for some reason, Rumpelstiltskin has to ask Smee where Hook is. Now, we got... Why a, for some reason? Well, I mean... Originally, I, I was kind of citing on the theory that we got in from um, from Bud or Aslan for Keenan. Let me play his theory because I want to let him say what he thought. Hey, guys. It's Bud, also known as Aslan for King. I was thinking about when you were talking about the curse and how certain people made it to storybooks but others didn't. I've noticed that there seems to be a lot of people that Rumpelstiltskin really angered that had any sort of power to hurt him. Like, for instance, Hook had magic beams and an entire pirate ship and could best him in sword fighting, or come close to. And then, of course, Korra has her magic. I figured maybe he just thought, you know what, I don't want to have to deal with them when the curse breaks, so I'm just going to leave them there. Don't have to worry about them. The rest of these people I can handle. Anyways, love your podcast. Hope to hear you guys on Wednesday. Uh, Have a good night. Great theory, bud. But I I liked this. But then after we rewatched again, which was my third and a half time rewatching this episode tonight, then I realized, no, wait, Rumpelstiltskin is asking Smee, where is Hook? Like Rumpelstiltskin has no idea. He doesn't know where Hook is. So if he knew that I made this curse and I made it so that none of my enemies would be brought to Storybrooke with me, he would then know where Hook is. He seems to not know a lot lately. Yeah. I agree. So if this safe haven was Rumpelstiltskin's creation and Hook went to this, then it seems like Rumpelstiltskin would know mm-hmm. that Hook was there. Hmm. But he doesn't know where Hook is. Right. I don't... Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't think that he designed the curse to not take everybody. And uh, the curse... Mm-hmm. I just had this back of the mind feeling that we heard him say something or it it was this episode. He said, I found a curse that could take me where Bay went. Yeah. Someone on Twitter asked about that as well. But in the finale, Rumpel said he created the curse. When he created the curse, he dropped just a drop of the true mm-hmm. love potion he on it. He did. On the parchment. Maybe he created this. 
maybe he found the curse, but it had to be made. Does that make sense? Like he found the knowledge of how such a curse could be made. Yeah. And he actually made it. But maybe the design came from somewhere else. Could be. It could also be similar to how we might say we found a solution when it when what we mean is we figured it out. Oh, that Not could necessarily be. that we found something out there, but we... Mm-hmm. Our minds found a solution. Does Rumpelstiltskin even know about Jefferson? Um, because you would think if he knew about Jefferson, he would have used him instead of creating the curse. Because that room in the hat has a lot of doors. I don't think he did, because Jefferson did know about worlds without magic. He said there are many worlds that touch each other. Um, some worlds have magic, some don't. Some need magic, mm-hmm. like this one he referred to. So, yeah, it might seem like... Because even a Blue Fairy, when Rumpelstiltskin was angry at the Blue Fairy, uh, he threw out names and he said, maybe a Realm Jumper. And she said, no, no, no. But it could be that maybe a Realm Jumper might be familiar with the fact that there are other worlds, but he can't get there because... uh, Certain other worlds, that is. Because there's no magic. Exactly. (laughs) So he could jump around from magic world to magic world to magic world, but not to our world because our world doesn't have magic or didn't before this. Could be. So we've got this one tiny last little scene in present day fairy tale land, but anything else to talk about in Storybrooke before we move on? I don't think so. Okay. So this last scene, Hook is looking through his um, telescope at... The little island, the mm-hmm. safe haven. It's n- he's not looking at Neverland. He's not looking at anything else. It's definitely the safe haven. And they're standing on the beach that was the same beach we saw Snow and Emma dragged across by um, Aurora and Mulan. I'm Which glad one? you mentioned that because I had no idea what he was looking at <laughs> at all. And it I was wasn't, like, is that a person on the rock? It wasn't very princess-like. Dragging people by ropes, might I point out. <laughs> but it kind of makes them a little more awesome. <laughs> you are awesome because you drag people by rope. <laughs> and Cora is the first person to call him Hook. Mm-hmm. Maybe just a nickname, though? Yeah, maybe. Probably a nickname he earned with a lot of people. I mean, after all, they He's call... got a hook. Yeah, and also they call David Charming, mm-hmm. which is now kind of his name, even though it was originally just a nickname. And also, uh, Rumpelstiltskin was called Crocodile mm-hmm. twice in this episode, they even just, in this scene. They should just call Cora evil. <laughs> evil <laughs> mother. I think that would be a good nickname for her. Now, something I think was answered in this that I kind of misunderstood in the last episode. In this, Cora referred to this little vial. She said it was dust no, vile. that's what they should call cora <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah yeah and she said he says is it enough and she's like not quite and i'm thinking that whole thing burned i'm guessing when you say not quite enough you don't mean quantity like i could go back and get more ash but <laughs> it's such a long walk well no. <laughs> here's the thing you used a different word you said oh. ash and we originally yes. called this ash but i always thought from when we saw that in the last episode i thought man that looks really light to be ash. Like, I would expect it to be darker. For being wood, wood, wood I mean, yeah, wood burns black and white. But what she pulled was very concentrated white. It didn't look like textured ashes. But in here, she called it dust, which reminded me 
that Geppetto and Pinocchio built this um, wardrobe in the room where it was sitting. So there could easily be magic wardrobe dust sitting around. Yeah, and they cleaned up. And maybe that's what she picked up. I... Because she couldn't use the ashes, but then she looked around and realized, hey, there was this little pile of dust over here. <laughs> you know what? I think that's overcomplicated. I think she just used the word dust in place of ashes because, you know, when things burn, they turn to dust. And she didn't want to mm. have him say, well, why is it ash? Well, because my little plan didn't quite go according to my plan. And, <laughs> and I'll throw out that just like they grind diamonds up into fairy dust, dust. maybe with her magic powers, she turned it into a kind of dust. Or maybe ash. Is it kind of dust? It's sparkly dirt. It's just sparkly dirt. <laughs> that is what That's it all. shall henceforth be known sparkly as. Sparkly dirt. Sparkly dirt. Pink sparkly dirt. The vial of sparkly dirt. <laughs> <laughs> See, Hook is so charming. <laughs> what? I'm a Hooky fan. What? Oh dear. Oh wow. Oh no, he's not charming. He's he's great. He's a womanizer, potentially. So they're planning their revenge, and that's I think what we're going to build up to. But imagine what if Cora and Hook make it to Storybrooke before Snow and Emma do. Which is Ooh. likely. It is likely. And then they'll be fashionably late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it may have consequences. Uh-huh. You know what? With Rumple trying to fix this new curse, what's it going to cost him? Mm. I just wonder because yeah. magic to fix magic to fix magic to fix magic, it's going to cost something different each time, right? Yeah. So I wonder what it's going to cost him this time. Which, yeah, now that you bring that up, let's back up just a little bit back to Storybrooke when he had that conversation with Belle, because he said a lot in that conversation that alludes to that fact, again, that magic has a price. I am a coward. I have been my entire life. I tried to make up for it by collecting power. The power became so important that I couldn't let go. Not even... And that meant losing the most important person in my life. Billfire. After he left, I dedicated myself to finding him. I went down many, many paths until I found a curse that could take me to the land where he'd escaped. Here. And I found myself in this little town. There's only one thing left to do. Wait for the curse to be broken so that I could leave and find him. But instead of looking for him, you you brought magic. Because I'm still a coward. Magic has become a crutch that I can't walk without. And even if I could, I now know I can never leave this place. Magic comes with a price. Maybe, um, maybe he'll get somebody else to pay the price. <gasps> what if he gets Emma to? That could be the favorite. But I think the whole being trapped in Storybrooke was a surprise to him. Mm. I think maybe he had something else in mind as his favor that Emma would owe him. Perhaps. Maybe he'll ask her to do something that's not so horrible after all, because (laughs) she can come and go, presumably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unless the curse will create a different... 
what if it erased her mind and gave her fake memories? What if it's like on? <laughs> what if it's like the remnant of the curse around the border of the town, and but it's just doesn't... sort of on autopilot? She doesn't. She would be sacrificing baby memories. I mean, who remembers their babyhood no. and like knowledge could, of the curse? Oh, right, 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 right. So, right, like, right. it could rewrite her mind. She could forget her, her whatever. Maybe they forget that whatever their White's true daughter. self mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, huh. Or yeah, she could at least revert back to just not knowing about the curse. Oh, and another thought I had, really quick, which I thought at one time might happen, actually. Who, who decides what price? Will be paid for mm. using magic. Who I do, decides actually. that? <laughs> like, is magic some yeah, Jeremy does. all-powerful being, and it chooses a price oh. based on like different people? Like, th- who who decides what these prices are? Is it random? I think it's kind of like bad decisions have consequences. Who comes up with the consequences? Well, it's just that's what happens when you make a bad decision. It's when you use magic, there's a price, and someone has to pay it. But sometimes or, it's direct, though, like with Cinderella yeah. and Thomas, who and, we have not seen again. Awkwardly, you're right. We haven't seen them since but it Valentine's was, Day. <laughs> but it was like last year. She didn't keep her deal with Rumple. He seemed. Now I'm a little conflicted on this because I feel like Kitsis and Horowitz implied in one of the podcasts that he did do something but i think he said he didn't have anything to do with thomas's disappearance that was his name right yes Yes. okay it didn't sound right thomas he you know he disappeared and they were kept separate i I think rumple sounded like he didn't really know what happened but he said basically you've paid the price and you won't see him again until that deal is fulfilled which is Mm. what happened and it didn't happen until storybrooke yes I just want to know who yeah. who's deciding what price hmm. needs to be paid like similar, specifically. Similar to that with now there's this new curse and we know that all curses can be broken with true love's kiss. Obi's girl. Except in, apparently the one that keeps you from having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, Obi's girl wondered who has to kiss this time. Can this new barrier curse be broken? With Somebody needs to kiss? go to the welcome storybook sign and kiss it. <laughs> or maybe it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's someone from outside storybook kissing someone inside storybook. And that breaks the barrier curse, uh, kind of similar to Brigadoon where it was, uh, love that brought Brigadoon back. No, it's break a curse, not Brigadoon. <laughs> it, or maybe uh, Abu's girl suggested maybe it, it has to be Rumple and Belle. Well, I think we have to know more about where this curse came from first yeah. to really make a guess as to what needs to happen. Yeah, because I, it's kind of a mystery and probably one that we're supposed to be wondering about. I think it's just a consequence of bringing magic back. Like maybe if Rumple had never brought back magic, maybe he would be able to get out. Maybe, but maybe not. And that's what uh, Diana had commented on our show notes for com slash 57. She suggested that maybe this barrier curse is the consequence. That's the price for braining magic is that magic can't leave. And a great comment. And I'll have that comment and all of these other full feedbacks that we got from everyone in the show notes for this episode. Now, there, um, there are a couple cool announcements to share. One is uh, that you can already, and I can't believe this, you can already pre-order the complete <laughs> second season. Which makes no sense. <laughs> That's kind of a leap of faith. You're like, you're, you're agreeing to buy something that 
you haven't seen yet. Hey. I mean, there could be an earthquake and Steveston could break off into the ocean. Oh. How do they know they'll finish the season? <laughs> that was a really grim prediction. I'm very sorry. <laughs> grim. I'm sure oh, gosh. All the inhabitants of Steveston are glaring at you right now. Well, we have a link for the DVD and Blu-ray over at oncepodcast.com slash season two, where you can pre-order that. And right now, I don't know how long this will last. But right now, if you pre-order that from Amazon, you can get $15 off the Blu-ray and $10 off the DVD. So if you want to pre-order it, <laughs> order it now and you'll get it in a year. Wow. <laughs> Almost <Whoa>. a year. <laughs> That's like a savings plan. Ten months. <laughs> Almost. It's like a sudden gift to yourself. Just next year, all of a sudden, you'll be like, whoa. I bought myself a present. That's unexpected. <laughs> yeah. But also, Once Upon a Time will have a presence at Comic-Con next year. I figured that they would because they did a couple of years ago as well. And um, uh, so that will be really cool if anyone's going to Comic-Con in, uh, in San Diego. You'll get to see some of the Once Upon a Time people over there. And the podcast awards are coming up for the, the nominations are over, but the voting will be starting very soon on November 1st. So please go over to podcastawards.com. If we made it into the nominations, you'll see us under the entertainment category. And please vote for us every day to, to uh, vote for an award there. And join us this Sunday when we have our live initial reactions podcast at 9.15 Eastern time at oncepodcast.com slash live. But you can also join us during the Eastern and Central Time airings of the episode that's this Sunday, which we'll have some spoilers about that after the music. And you can join us for a live chat room during the episode. And it's so fun to do that with so many other people. It's like, did you just see that? Or, you know, what did he just say? And some of the awesome stuff that happens there. (laughs) So that's on Sunday, starting at 8 Eastern time, and then join the live Initial Reactions podcast at 9.15 Eastern time. And we do these full discussions at 8.30 on Wednesday nights. That's Eastern time again. And also check out oncepodcast.com to see our blog there that we post news and a couple spoilers here and there, but we clearly label them and you won't see spoilers if you go to the front page. So don't worry about that, but uh, you can click through those if you want. You can subscribe to the podcast, rate us and review us in iTunes, just like um, MP94 Clockwatcher Marissa Movies, who, by the way, hosts the AfterBuzz TV Once Upon a Time podcast and Pagen Halo um, left us ratings and reviews in iTunes. Thank you so much, guys, for doing that. And you can leave your own ratings and reviews in iTunes at oncepodcast.com slash iTunes and connect with us in so many ways by going to oncepodcast.com. You can join our forums, follow us on Twitter, catch us on Facebook and Google Plus and Tumblr and all of those things and so much more at oncepodcast.com. One last announcement is... Halloween is coming up, and many of you I know are making Once Upon a Time-themed costumes, or maybe carving Once Upon a Time-themed pumpkins, and all of this other stuff. Or maybe you've got a costume for some other thing, but we're going to have a little costume contest. So send us your pictures by November 15th, and we'll have voting for the best Once Upon a Time costume. And if a lot of people send in pumpkin stuff, we'll have voting for the best Once Upon a Time pumpkin carving as well so that uh, people can see that awesome stuff and you can get all the fame and glory among other oncers and it will be a lot of fun. 
Let me know if you find those leather pants, Jenny, because I want to be Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> what? You want leather pants, too? Well, well that's what he wears. <laughs> people, people have labeled each of us. They said that I'm Prince Charming and Jenny is Snow White. They said that you are Rumpelstiltskin, Jeremy. Okay. And our friend... <laughs> <laughs> okay. My friend, Dan Flynn... They couldn't quite figure out what they wanted him to be. Some people are saying maybe Dr. Whale. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, speaking of our friend Dan Flynn, he's not able to make it to the podcast anymore. His schedule just isn't working out. And we don't want you to spread any rumors about him. It's not nice to spread rumors. (laughs) (laughs) his schedule just doesn't allow him to join in on the podcast consistently but he might occasionally appear as a special guest with us but uh reach out to him on twitter he's dan flynn design on twitter and tell him how much you miss him from the podcast so check out everything else the links and screenshots and all of that will be in the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 58 follow us on twitter the show is on twitter as once podcast and I'm Daniel J. Lewis. You can follow me on Twitter at the Ramen Noodle. <laughs> There's a suggestion in the chat room that Dan actually broke a deal with Rumpelstiltskin, and that's why we're not seeing him. <laughs> but, oh, um, no. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. Maybe he's me. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> He's in Neverland. And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny Snook. So again, check out the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 58. Send us your feedback on the next episode of Once Upon a Time, and you can stick around for spoilers about that episode after the music. And send your feedback to feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903-231-2221. Or you can also go to oncepodcast.com and click on the send a voice message tab on the right side and record a message right from your computer. So until next time, remember, it's quite simple, really. The pointy end goes in the other guy. Thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to Sandra for sponsoring this episode of Once Podcast. If you'd like to sponsor an episode and be like co-producers with us of this podcast, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. And now, our special spoiler segment from Hunter. Hi, I'm Hunter Hathaway, and it's spoiler time here for The Once Podcast, Season 2, Episode 5, The Doctor, written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, directed by Paul Edwards. Let's start in Storybrooke. In order to win back Henry's affection, Regina tries to stop using magic, but something weird is going on. She thinks she sees a ghost from her past, someone who looks a lot like Daniel. In current fairy tale land... Emma and Mary Margaret discover a lone survivor of an ogre massacre, but Emma doesn't believe he's telling the truth. I mean, it is Captain Hook. Is Hook and Cora working together to get to Storybrooke? Why is Hook tied to a tree, and where is his hook? 
In past fairy tale land, Regina struggles at learning the dark arts because something from her past is preventing her from using her magic for evil. We also see someone is stealing hearts of loved ones. I've also read that someone gets punched out in this episode and we will all be cheering. Who could it be? We finally find out who Dr. Whale is. Could it be Dr. Frankenstein? This is the perfect episode just in time for Halloween. Noah Bean returns as Daniel this week. While there is no casting news for the week, I did come across some wonderful spoilers for what is to come. I found out this season we find out who the Queen of Hearts is. Also, we know what happens when someone tries to leave Storybrooke, but what happens when a stranger tries to enter? We'll find out that answer at some point this season. Entertainment Weekly talked with Adam Horowitz and Edward Kitsis, and here's what they had to say on some possible upcoming storylines and people we will get to meet. Ariel, while she was talked about in Season 1, they absolutely planned to include her in the series. They are open to the idea of Tarzan. The Wizard of Oz storyline is a when, not an if. Mary Poppins is filed under eventually. And sorry, all you Sherlock Holmes fans, but he is not being thought of. Titles for Episode 8 and 9 have been announced. They will be Into the Deep and Queen of Hearts. That's it for the spoilers this week. Don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash bit of pixie dust. Thanks for listening and enjoy the next episode of Once. Once.